Hi, Glenn Zatola. Welcome to A Jazz Life, episode number two. So I'm still a kid, and I'm doing quite a bit of television. Uh, I did the Gary Moore I've Got a Secret show, if you remember that show, when I was 11 years old. And then I was a three-time winner on the Ted Mac Amateur Hour. I actually toured with that show for a year. And then I played Madison Square Garden for 30,000 people at 13 years old. I guess I peaked early there. I got a movie off that show, not as a trumpet player, but as an actor. The movie was called Comeback, and I played a polio victim. And my leading lady was Natalie Schaefer, who was the millionaire's wife on Gilligan's Island. And that was a fantastic experience. I probably could have gone that direction if direction if I wanted to, but I didn't. There was a lot going on in New York. My dad was making a mouthpiece for Maynard Ferguson, so I went to Birdland. Again, I was 13 to hear Maynard, and uh, Miles Davis was on the bill with Maynard, and I got to meet Miles Davis when I was 13 years old. He was there with his historic sextet, the kind of blue sextet with Cannonball Adderley and John Coltrane and Bill Evans, and it really had an effect on me. There was a lot going on in New York at that time. I remember going to the top of the gate, Village Gate, hearing Bill Evans' trio with Scott LaFaro, and that was amazing. And then I remember going to the five spot to hear Ornette Coleman. He had just come into town with his uh, famous, uh, very modern group. So then I got the opportunity to go on the road with Glenn Miller's orchestra. Buddy DeFranco was leading it. So I left high school and went on the road, you know, traveling in a bus doing one-nighters. I didn't like the music too much. But Buddy and I became friends because he was a bebopper and I was a bebopper. So that worked out good. Funny story, we're in French Lick, Indiana, and this lady comes up to Buddy while he's playing and says, where's Glenn Miller? I paid to see Glenn Miller. And Buddy says, he's dead. And she says, when did he die? And he says, 40 years ago. But I left Glenn Miller and I immediately went on the road with Lionel Hampton's big band which was completely different and a lot of work. Um, the gig paid $50 a night, and you had to pick up your own hotel room. <laughs> After a while, I said, okay, this is not for me, and I remember going to Lionel Hampton's suite in Manhattan, um, and it took me several hours to get out of that gig. He had a manager that wasn't a very nice guy, and Hamp wasn't doing well. His wife had just taught, died, and this guy was in control, and... Hamp was saying, listen, Gates, I love you, Gates, you want more solos, etc. But his manager was strong-arming me. It was really scary. I spent a couple hours, and I finally got out of the gig, went back home to my parents' house, very relieved. And then I continued to work in New York. I, I had jazz gigs. I started my own quartet, um, brought in some real good jazz players, Duke Jordan and Bill Crow. Um, and then also I was playing in Manhattan. I started to do a lot of Latin work. I was working a lot in the the Palladium, which is where the, a lot of the Latin bands were playing. So things were going well. I was busy. 
And then I made a big decision to move to Manhattan. So I moved in to Manhattan, and I get this call from John Bunch, great piano player. I knew him. I played with him before. And he said to me, uh, Benny Goodman needs a trumpet player. Can you come to the Astor Hotel right away? I said, yeah. I packed up my horn and went down to the Astor Hotel. I walk in, and there's Benny Goodman and the whole band, great band, Connie Kay on drums and Major Holly, Buddy Tate. And Benny doesn't say anything to me. He just starts jamming, and we're jamming for 45 minutes. And afterwards, he comes up to me, and he says, you sound great. Can you leave tomorrow for the road? I knew he had a great trumpet player in the band. I think it was Jack Sheldon. And I wanted to be polite. I didn't want to take anyone's gig away. And I said to him, uh, I thought you had a trumpet player. And he said, I didn't ask you that. Can you leave? And I said, okay, yeah. So we go out on the road, and Connie Kay was the manager. And we're ready to go on. And I go up to Connie, and I say, are there any charts or anything? And he looks at me, and he reaches into his trap case, and he pulled out this old, ripped, brown piece of paper that has 16-bar riff to undecided on it. And he hands it to me, said, here's your charts. So I get the message, there is no charts. So we go on, and Benny goes up to the mic to introduce my feature, and he says, I'd like to tell you about this young man that I found. And he begins to list all the trumpet players that have been through his bands in over the years. Harry James, Cootie Williams, on and on and on. And then he says to the audience, and this young man can hold his own with any one of them. Oh my God, I almost couldn't play after that. So I do the gig, it all went great, and I end up spending two years with the Benny Goodman Septet. I got Benny Goodman on the front line on my right side. I got the great Buddy Tate on my left side. Um, it was a truly uh, uh, an educational experience and a joy for two years. Benny was very, very nice to me. I had a ball. So I get back to New York, and I'm doing what any musicians. I'm working. I'm taking gigs. I'm doing jazz clubs. I'm even doing Broadway shows. I did the original Annie. I did Barnum. I did their playing our song. And I did a year on the road as lead trumpet player with the Broadway show Chicago. And that was a ball because the, it was kind of jazzy and the band's on stage. And it was with Jerry Orbach, Cheetah Rivera, and Gwen Verdon. And we hit every city in the U.S. all the way across country to LA. So when I get back to New York, um, I meet my current wife, Diana, and I'm telling her, and she helped me a lot, I'm telling her I wasn't happy. And she says, why? I said, because, you know, I'm, I was groomed to be a soloist, not to be sitting in a Broadway pit. I mean, it's great to be working and all that. I am doing jazz clubs, but I'm doing a lot of other things, playing with Tony Bennett. So she says, why don't you just try to do jazz full-time then, and I made a decision, and right after I made that decision, I'm working in this famous jazz club, Betty Condon's on 54th Street, and in walks this record producer, Harry Lim. He used to be a producer for Mercury Records. He did a lot of famous sessions with Coleman Hawkins and other people, and he says, I like the way you sound. Would you like to do a session? And I said, sure. So he tells me when and where to show up. He doesn't tell me what the session is. 
I get to the studio, I walk in, and my jaw drops of who I see there. Great players, great jazz players. John Bunch on piano, George Mraz, who worked with uh, Stan Getz on bass. Mousy Alexander was Mousy's album, who worked with Al Cohn and Zoot Sims. Uh, Phil Wilson, great trombone player, Woody Herman, and the great Al Klink on tenor saxophone, who at the time was uh, on The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson Tonight Show. So this was New York Energy at its very best. Sink or swim, ready or not. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a red light kind of guy. Never went to school, kind of self-taught. Everything I learned has been under the bandstand. I kind of do best under pressure. So um, the session went great. So this is what I walked into that day uh, in the studio. And uh, this is chronological. So this is the second track on my anthology album. I'm playing trumpet on the session. I'm taking the first trumpet solo. So this is Duke Ellington's Cottontail. Thank you. 